Hey, everybody. This is Matt Sparaza. Just a quick announcement before our episode begins. My co-host, Father Sam Kachuba, is doing a two-minute daily gospel reflection for Veritas Catholic Network. It's available on the radio at 1350 AM, 103.9 FM, or if you're out of range, it's available on our Instagram, the tangent underscore Catholic. It's a very quick and easy way to get your daily dose of the gospel. I encourage you to look it up. If you'd like to further support The Tangent, consider liking and subscribing on your preferred platform. Consider looking us up on Instagram, the tangent underscore Catholic, or even donating at veritascatholic.com. We appreciate all the help. Enjoy the show. Cord button. Is it on? It is on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I shouldn't. See, that, that's good. That's going up. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's going up slowly. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about an upload. It's, it's an upload speed Percentage. that is not quite where we want it to be, but that's okay. This is fun. I, this is so much more fun. It's so good. Yeah. 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 So I'm we're gonna we're gonna figure out a schedule so that we can do this together in person more yeah. frequently. Yeah. Um in the meantime, I am also having my internet speed checked uh, back at the parish That's because so good. no, it's it's a problem. It's it's a pain in the neck because it's it's it actually caused problems for other things as well. I'm sure. I mean, um, but it is you you see like how fantastic it is that you have two podcasts, and I mean I don't know how long you've been doing Roar Like the Lamb. Oh, like three years. But three years into a podcast, you're just now realizing that your inter- internet speed has been at well, like, like a twenty percent deficiency. <laughs> the no, the it, it's because I I wasn't recording in the rectory. Okay. For that podcast, okay. we're, we're using the, the internet over in the parish center, which is, uh, we get more bandwidth in the right, parish center. Right, sure. So we didn't have the same kinds of problems. We have this one because I was recording in the rectory right. and it's, I don't know, not enough. Well, it's more fun to record in the stew anyway. The stew. <laughs> I don't think we should call it that. Uh, I'm going right. to be on the record saying I don't, I don't Ladies like and gents, we are taking uh, suggestions for what we should refer to our studio as. Nicknames. Since there's only the one Veritas Catholic Network studio, we might as uh, well we might as well call it that. The one. The one. I mean, Bishop. No, that's the Bishop. Bishop would love it. Let's be honest. Bishop Caggiano would yeah. love it if we called this the one. Yeah, we he'd, can. He'd we be can cool pitch with that. Right. I don't ever talk to him. I can't. Pitch well, <laughs> listen. I wanted to tell you about this experience that I had a couple weeks ago. I, I had a chance to go and visit with some of my classmates from seminary. Right. For our class reunion. Mm-hmm. The last time we had a class reunion was our fifth. This is our 15th. Why no 10? Uh, I don't think anybody was really paying attention, That's to be funny. honest with you. <laughs> I think that we all just were really busy and nobody paid attention. Right. Everyone so. was a priest by this point and, yeah. and and deeply embedded in priest life. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, so for our fifth anniversary, it was kind of the... Uh, let's let's get together and celebrate that we made it to this milestone because the the fifth anniversary for priests is actually kind of a big deal. Those first five years are really key in the formation and solidification of your vocation and understanding of who you are as a priest and getting into all of the the nitty gritty stuff of priesthood. And a lot of guys also after their first five years have maybe changed assignments for the first time. Mm. So you've had all of the first priestly experiences. So right. when you get together with guys who you were ordained with, uh, who you studied with, and, and you share that, there's something really special. But now, 15 years in, most of us are pastors. Wow. Uh, or serving in, in other capacities. So we've got some guys who are in seminary formation work. Right. Uh, one guy is the vicar general or the uh, chancellor of his diocese. I can't remember which. Right. So there's there's some important things happening for, for some of these men. 
And so to get together for that 15th year was really special. But, May I ask how many men we're talking about? Uh, let's see. In the class, I think there were 25 of us total. That, from, that sounds like a lot. Well, from from the one seminary, 25 is it's a decent number. Is this, this is the seminary in Rome? Yeah, the North American College. Okay. Uh, there were, I think, class of 2008. I believe we were 25. I'm not... Okay. I, I might I might have that number wrong. Okay, um, and for our 15th anniversary, there were 11 of us who were able to get together. Um, the other guys couldn't come for schedule conflicts and things like that. But a great, just great to be with these guys. Some of them I hadn't seen since the fifth anniversary. So okay. just a, a really nice time to, to be together and to connect. And one of my classmates, Father Kevin Regan, uh, who's the vice rector of St. John Paul II Seminary in Washington, D.C., he said something that really struck me during those days. He said that seeing us all together, he had the sense that we had become more ourselves. You've become more, we'd become more ourselves. And that really stuck with me. Why? <laughs> Thank you for that excellent and insightful question, Matthew. <laughs> we become more ourselves because, well, first of all, John Paul II talks about this in Theology of the Bodies. Okay. Is, become who you are as, as as we grow into our identity mm-hmm. created in the image and likeness of god we become who we are and so in that becoming who we are we're responding more and more to, to god's plan to god's love for us mm-hmm. and so when he was saying that he sees that we have become more ourselves what he was saying is that our personalities haven't changed the the guys are we're all the same personality wise but we've all changed we've all grown you know, in that in that time, uh, we are we are no longer the men who who left the North American College to come home for ordination. We are we are now more fully ourselves. Uh, we understand ourselves right. insofar as you are right. You are more children. That could be misunderstood, right? Not more children of God, but like you know, you are more children. Of God. I, th- I think right. We, like we your identity the, in God is deepened. There's definitely a deeper sense of identity for sure in in who we are, but there's also a greater comfort level in our own personalities. Right. So here we are, the personalities haven't changed. If anything, they're just more evident. Now, part of that is also that we know each other even right. better. Right. We've known each other for a very long time. If, if you go back, so we left to be ordained. So we were ordained in 2008, but we met each other in 2004. So here we are almost 20 years later. We, we've known each other for the better part of 20 years, right? And so the difference is when you know somebody for that long, mm. you, you get to know them, you get to know the personalities, you get to know the guys over time. But now to see that those personalities really haven't changed, these men are, are the men who you studied with. These are the men who right. you lived with in, in seminary. There was something really powerful about that. And I bet it's different then. You know, like you, who do you know for your whole life? Your mom, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, these men that you studied with in a different way than you know your family. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. Absolutely. Because you went off to study to become someone Mm -hmm. as opposed to the intimacy of a family is they know all your faults. You know what I mean? And and I and I suppose these men might too, you know. But it's different. Like you're there with a goal. Yeah. So Father Shane Demon, who is the vice rector of Kenrick Glennon Seminary. What was his last name? His last name is Demon. Wow. I mean that is it's it's M A N, not M O N at the end. So it's, it's that more is like better. Demon. You, know? <laughs> you should absolutely but, refer to but, him as Demon. <laughs> we did. We did. That's, it's okay. Father oh, Shane yeah. Demon, he's a fantastic priest. 
And That's one good. of the, clearly one of the smartest guys in our class. He's serving now in seminary formation out in St. Louis. And he, he, he kind of pointed out some, some of these, like these characteristics of mm-hmm. our time in seminary that because we were studying in Rome, when it was Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter, when there were these these class or school breaks, when we weren't in, in school, we didn't come home. We as as you would from college, you know. Yeah. In, in college, you you go home for for Thanksgiving break, for Christmas break, and all that stuff. We didn't go home. We were together. So for all these very important moments, important holidays, times when you'd normally expect to be with family, we became family to right. one another. Right. This was this was our option. We had to be together. And the bond that's created when you don't have a home to go home to, that when you don't have a family that you're going home, we all, obviously we all have a family that we're going home to, but when you don't have the chance to go home to your, to your family, family yeah. there's there's a different a, a different bond that you have with each other. And you start to actually treat each other like family. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little bit more freedom, but there's also like sometimes more irritability. I don't know if you've ever been irritated with a family member. Uh, <laughs> not even once. I don't know if you've ever experienced that lack of patience with somebody. I've family members. <laughs> yeah, that, that moment where you're, you're poking at something or where, where this person is poking at you and poking at that, that place of weakness or uh-huh. just something that really bothers you and they just keep doing it and finally you snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to happen uh, over, over that time. And sure enough, and here we are uh, 15 years ordained and we're laughing still about some of those stories where, man, remember that time when I just really lost it? Right. <laughs> remember that time when I couldn't believe that we we're having this conversation or it really bothered me when we did this? But it was really beautiful and powerful to see here we are more fully ourselves, more fully who we are. And it, it's putting it really what, what's putting that's putting in perspective for me that. Do you refer to your fellow priests as brother priests? Yeah. Right. So it's like that. I guess I just always thought it's like, well, like a, and not an artificial sense of kinship, you know, but like, hey, I'm doing the thing you're doing, you know, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well. But this gets me to the to the next thing that I wanted to tell you about because okay. yeah, absolutely. There's there's a brotherhood and it's a real brotherhood that forms. Right. But I, I noticed something. First, it was just the joy of being with these guys and being able to spend these days with them. And the, the stories, it was like we picked up right where we left How off. How many days were you there? Just two. Okay. We well I So mean, this is a short trip. It was a very short trip. Is we we all arrived on Monday. So mm-hmm. by Monday night, we were all there. And then we had Tuesday, Wednesday together. And that was that was it. Then we were done. Mm-hmm. But there was something to the ease of the conversation, to the way that we just, it felt like we were picking up right where we left off. The mm-hmm. jokes were the same. The Just the way that we talked to each other was the same. But one of the guys in the class told me something. And he told me about something that he remembered. And it was, it was, a, it was a hard thing, but I'm so grateful that he shared it with me. Because mm-hmm. he, he told me something that I said to him. Like almost 20 years ago. Right. He was like, and it really hurt when you said that. Wow. What was hard for me was hearing that I had said something that had hurt him. Right. But also realizing that I didn't remember it. And it was something that, that he's he's carried for a long time. So to have an opportunity to to apologize was really beautiful. But there was also this this thing where I, I realized I had I enjoyed every minute that I was with him during this during this reunion. Mm-hmm. It was just really fun to be around him and to talk and to, and to spend time together. I was grateful to, to be around him. 
And to his credit, this thing that bothered him from years ago that has continued to bother him, he didn't let it get in the way. He was so open. He was so like he was so generous and, and welcoming. So it was a really powerful moment for me to, to realize that there's that there's that. But I started thinking about something else. I think priests, we kind of relate to each other right away. Sure. You sit down in a, in a room with a bunch of priests and you're going to find some common ground real fast. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we do the same stuff. Right. <laughs> we deal with the same things. We, right. we know what it's like. So you're, you're going to find that common ground really, really quickly. And I think something that drew us closer together, part of this, we're more ourselves. In seminary, we didn't have the experience of priesthood yet. We had the shared experience of being in seminary, but all we brought into seminary was our own past, our, our own experience in school, in, in family life, in, in the church, whatever it was. That's all we had when we got to the seminary. Well, 15 years after the fact, what, we were, what we're bringing back to this reunion is 15 years of similarity. Right. 15 years of common ground. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden now there's something that we shared. You are all priests forever. The day we are, (laughs) the day we arrived at the seminary, we had nothing in common necessarily other than the fact that we all thought God was calling us to be priests. But after 15 years as priests, when we get together, we have in common, not only that we were formed for the priesthood together, not only that we've known each other for most of our lives, but also that this shared experience of priesthood, even though we all live our priesthoods out in different places. Sure. We're scattered all over the country. One guy from Sydney, Australia. Really? He joined us too, which wow. is really cool. Yeah, he, he came all the way from Sydney just to just to be with us for That's a couple awesome. of days. Yeah, it's so cool. But there's this, this shared gift right that that we had that we were able to talk about and so that was the other part of it it wasn't just that we became more ourselves but that because we had the shared experience of life we were able to communicate with each other i think actually on a deeper level than when we separated when we went our separate ways after ordination yeah we were able to actually share more deeply and more sincerely and that was really powerful so this is the thing that came up for me following that. Okay. All right. Following that came a conversation about, uh, you know, what, what do you, what do we really know about ourselves when we're, when we're young? How old were you when you got married? When you and Renee got married? 25. Okay. So I, I had was, just turned 25. I was just shy of my 25th birthday when I was ordained a priest. Right. You and I, we're not so different. <laughs> we're not so different. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, at, at a young age, like you knew what you were called to be. Yeah. You knew that you're called to marriage and, and yeah. you knew that, that Renee was, was the one for you. And she's giving us permission to have this conversation right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, she, she, she said, you can do this. You have one hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did she say that? I don't no, think she, she said that. She didn't. No, no, no. I think I promised to be home within <laughs> you, an hour. You told her you'd be home within an hour. Right, so yeah, yeah. Like, Renee, we love you so much. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say we. Yeah, we, it's we both collective. Yeah, yeah. I don't know many people that don't love her. So also, I, while we're talking about Renee, you you sent me a picture of of her and the baby, and you said, "Isn't this kid cute?" And I didn't respond, but I was so tempted. And I was like, "I don't know if I don't know if it's gonna come through quite the right way," but I was so tempted, and I'm gonna say it now, so it doesn't matter anyway. But I was gonna say, "Of course, Renee's cute. Right, Everybody right. thinks Renee's cute. Right, right. Who's that other kid? Who's that other? Right. <laughs> Who's that baby? Just to tease you about your son, but yeah, you know, yeah, no, yeah, you're. Yeah. 
he's he's beautiful and adorable and wonderful. yes i agree everything's with you. great yeah i agree yeah, with you. you guys are doing a great job but we're I, talking about you okay <laughs> no no because I, I i want to talk about you okay okay here like i've known you for a long time mm -hmm. we, we go way back i think it's it's over a decade now it's getting close if it's if it's not there yet it's, it's no it's I very think it close is. i think it is but what i would say is that when father kevin regan mentioned this to me we've become more who we are mm -hmm. i actually thought of you mm. and i was like matt has become more who he is that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> no but the, like the personality who you are it's you're, you're more yourself yeah um I, I saw Lauren, I was telling you a, a while back. And, yeah, yeah. And we had a chance to talk for a while. I think she has and become more who she is. So much. Oh my gosh. I, I saw it in your sister that she has become more who she is. Yeah, yeah, without a like, doubt. Like she is herself. Yeah. But there's this, there's there's a beauty that comes. I think it's 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 partly, it's just the maturation of, of yeah, as, right. as you grow up, right. you you become more comfortable in your own skin. Although, and, I, you know, not to, not to like, I'm I'm not playing and, devil's advocate. You can but, contradict me. You're allowed. But I don't know. I'm if right. That's, but you're allowed to contradict <laughs> me. <laughs> I don't know if that's entirely true, uh, because like, unfortunately, right? Some people's lives lead down this road of chaos. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they they true. crumble. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's not to say that I don't crumble. I've done my fair share of crumbling. You know what I mean? Like I've like. So far from perfection, it's ridiculous. Of course, of all course. you have to do is listen to this podcast, <laughs> and you will know, right? But like, but that isn't that isn't the path for everyone, you know. And and the reason that I said with such exhilaration, right, that Lauren has become more of who she is, is because she has had a radical reversion in the last two or three years, you know. Like, as I don't, I don't, as, as you have too. Yes. Yes, and I'm, I'm not You've, sure if you realized that. But yeah, no, but, I, I I was I was aware of, but I I think. What I was looking at was more just there's a, there's a level of like of, of comfort. Yeah. And and I don't mean complacent comfort. No. Where I'm just I'm fine just like I am. Don't anybody ask me to change. Right. It's an honesty. It's an openness. And when you get to that place, you've you've really stepped into embracing this identity that God has given to you. Right. I look at you and Renee, and I say you guys are becoming more who you are. But I'm really excited to see where where you guys are in 15 years. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited to see how how this continues to develop in, I'm in that direction. I'm sure I'll still be a total mess. <laughs> <laughs> Most but, likely. But <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, it's interesting. Um, we've talked about how I, I took this class recently, right? And something that was made very clear to me was that Christ only speaks what was given to him by the Father. Mm -hmm. And the devil speaks from himself. Now, when you put in perspective that God sustains everything in being, mm -hmm. right? To speak anything from strictly speaking yourself is to literally say nothing, right? So it's that what, what I'm thinking about this entire time that you're saying like you are becoming more yourself. That's because over the last five years, I have recognized that my identity was actually just is rooted in Christ, right? Like, you know, seven years ago, unfortunately, I was not even close to that that identity, you know. But it's it's really this like the more and more the more and more I am willing to just sit in the mercy of God, you know, and realize like all of these screw ups that I have made, you know, it's not, I don't know if, I don't know if it's that they mean nothing. You know what I mean? That's not really where I'm going, but, but that's not me per se, you know? 
it's very hard when you look back at, at stuff that you've messed up on. Very hard when you look and see the, the places where you, you didn't do enough. Yeah. Or where you weren't as present as you should have been. Or, or when you, you make that, that comment. Yeah. Right. You that said you, the wrong thing. Yeah. And sometimes you, you, you know it right away. You, yeah. you, you know that you, sometimes you know the mistake right away. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you are genuinely unaware of it for a very long time. Right. Um, but to realize and understand, and, and this was actually, I'm glad you brought this up because this mm-hmm. is kind of like the other, the other bit of mercy that, that comes in this. It, it was finding out that I, I had said something that was hurtful mm-hmm. to this brother priest. We weren't priests yet. Sure. Uh, but, but that I, I said something that was hurtful for him that, it's a, it's a hurt that he's carried for a long time. Mm-hmm. And these were days where just our being together were, were healing and were helpful. Yeah. And so at first there was this, this real pain that I was feeling for having done that. It was unintentional. Mm-hmm. I was careless. I, I can't make an excuse for it because I, I can't remember the right. incident. Uh, oh shoot! Like, oh, I didn't realize you didn't. Oh, okay. So, in other words, this was something that was it was so careless on my part that it didn't stay with me, right? Hardly and I, at all. I, I didn't even think. I thought that. I thought that when you said you didn't remember before, I thought that like you didn't remember it the last couple of years. But then when he brought it up, it jogged your memory. He he brought it up, and I. This is not a. This is not an invented thing. This is this is a real no, thing. Oh, like, no, I, no, I'm, I'm guilty, hundred percent. Right. 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 <laughs> right, right. I know, I know, but. uh no, it was it was one of these things like I, I didn't remember it. Yeah. So there's this moment of pain there. But then what what happens when you when you experience like that moment of pain? You you can also start to experience some self doubt of, man, has has anything I've done mattered? And then you realize God's mercy is so good and so great that, yeah, you you can mess up, you can be that person who who said the wrong thing, mm. and God's still going to do something good in and through you. Yeah. God still works for His own glory, in and through us weak and dumb and silly as we are. Yeah. God still does great things in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our, our faults and our, and our failures. And then that greatness, that goodness that God affects, that God works through us actually brings about often the healing that's needed. Now, let me ask this. The healing that's needed, right? You found out about this encounter mm-hmm. after having forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. Was there a... Was there like a need of healing for you? Do you know what I mean? Not not only right in the sense that you recognized, oh crap, I screwed up, right? Yeah. Like like because something for me, uh, not to make it about me, please. But but to to associate this story, as opposed to a brother priest or a past seminarian, it would be like I've I've I made ter- terrible mistakes with past girlfriends, sure. You know, and and realize that I've hurt some of them. Mm-hmm. Um. And I do, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like spiritual warfare or not, right? But I do often have like that internal voice that's like, you know, you crappy guy, you know, like you, yeah, you did that. The, there's you know? a, there's a healthy level of, of knowing and understanding our past faults and those, those places where we messed up. There, there's a healthy way in which, in which we understand it that we can then, we can then enter into a place of, of greater healing. Like we, we can, we can give that to the Lord. Yeah. We can, we can allow God to take it. Um, and I think at the same time, uh, there's, there's a place where we, we entrust that. 
whatever that past of ourselves is. Yeah, we trust I that mean, to God because I can't go back and change any of it. Right. And other than saying, I'm sorry, and praying for the person that I've hurt, what can I do? Saying you're sorry to that person, you mean? Right. Like I, yeah. I can apologize. I can, I can ask for forgiveness. Yeah. I can recognize it. In, in this case, it's a, it's a gratitude that I have. Like I am grateful to know because I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. And now I know something. Mm-hmm. I also know it, like sometimes you learn by experience, hey, something that you say can hurt for a long time. I now have this lived example right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that makes me want to be more careful, more attentive. Mm. Right. So I don't feel so much a need for like healing or, or, or mercy, but a real gratitude. Man, I, I learned something really important in this. And no, it's not a fun lesson to learn. Like, I, w- yeah. I would just as soon have not learned it. Yeah, yeah, of course. I would just as soon have gone on in blissful ignorance, not knowing that I, I ever hurt anybody ever. Right. But I do know that. Now, the, and this, is, I, this comes back to that, that issue of, will I allow that fact of, of my own capacity to, to hurt? Right. Will I allow that to interfere with my desire to help and to do what's good? Because this was not an intentional moment of, of causing pain. It was, it was a carelessness on my part, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't because I was trying to hurt anybody or cause a problem or anything like that. Right, of course not. It's a careless moment. So will I, beca- will I become overly cautious? Oh, I see. You know, like would I become so so afraid of, of messing up at all that I would never do anything? And I, was, I, I prayed to this and it was like the Lord said, no, nah, don't worry about that. Right. Look, I'm the one who's going to give any good gift. I'm the one who's going to bring grace out of the mess. You don't worry about it. Yeah. You repent where repentance is needed. You make improvements where improvements are needed. And that'll be enough. And this is the goodness of God, I think, for us. But that's also part of that becoming who you are. Because I realized maybe a few years back, I, I wouldn't have been able to let go of it. I wouldn't have been in a place. I, I would have, I wanted to do it. I wanted to speak something into it. I wanted to, to do this thing. And what did you just say about right. God who created all things? If it ain't coming from him. What is it? It's nothing. Yeah. And so I would have been creating nothing. Right. And that, what's that going to do for my own priestly ministry? It's just going to interfere. Oh, it's gonna, yeah, it's going to obliterate It's just going to interfere and yeah. get in the way and prevent good things from happening. So this is like, this is a mercy and a grace and a gift and, and one that I was really grateful for. But more than that, just grateful to be with these guys and, and, and hang out with them. I think it's like, I mean, it's it, it goes to show that these things from the Lord allows things because he knows he will bring a greater good out of it. Not an equal good, you know, as if like five points to the bad. Well, guess what? God's bringing five points <laughs> to the good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although that's probably the wrong way to picture it anyway. It's not so much scorekeeping. Right. But, but like... He allows he allows certain evils to occur because he promises good. And because he promises good, he wants us to rely on that promise. And relying on that promise, he wants us to keep moving, to keep going with him. Right. But even where I'm going is like he has allowed, you know, 
like me to experience certain sins, you know, experience that's me let myself off the hook. You know what I mean? To commit certain <laughs> sins. Right. Right. Uh, and then and then to experience certain injuries. Yep. Right. And and it has certainly led into like different ministries I've participated in, meaning like because I experienced what I experienced, I was able like the crap that I've experienced. I was able to bring that into like the preaching of the gospel, basically. Yeah. You know, and, and so I see what you're saying. Yeah. When you've had, when you've had experiences that that becomes part of your testimony. Right. Becomes part of you giving testimony to what God does. Right. And this is why Paul in his in his letters he he writes about how he was the zealous persecutor of the Jews. He was right. he was a, a Pharisee in his observance of the law. He was he He's was perfect. doing all these things so well. Yeah. And and yet all those efforts were nothing compared to knowing the grace of Christ Jesus. Right. Thomas Aquinas writes about his own his own theological output at the end. He has this vision. Yeah. Uh, you have written yeah. well of me. Thomas, what would you desire? Nihil nisi te domine. Right. Of course, Thomas talks to God in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but you, Lord, right? That's all he wants. And he looks at his at his entire theological output, all of his philosophy, all right. of his writings, and he says, it's all straw. Right. And he has the humility to be able to say that. And that's part of his testimony. These other saints, these other other people, you, we and we hear the testimonies all the time. This is where I was. This is the the way that I was I was living my life. And God gave me this grace. But it's not always like a whole way of living. Right. Sometimes the testimony is in this moment, I had this particular encounter with God. In this moment, I came to understand something, not necessarily about everything that I was doing, but about this one thing. And that's where God really touched me. That's where God really worked and moved in my heart. And sometimes it's the big, it's the big conversion story. Right. Let, let right. me tell you what a mess my life was. Let me tell you about all the crazy things that I was doing. Here's my list of sins. Here's all. Right, the crazy, right, yeah. Here's the debauchery that I was involved in. And, right. And then Jesus came into my life and I changed. Right. Right. And that's a powerful you story. You and Saint Augustine. Yeah. Exactly. Right, yeah. Exactly. And that kind of story can be so powerful, but not every story is like that. But no. to, to still recognize that we all have a testimony, but then also to recognize that there's this. Yeah, there's, I think there's a, a common theme that runs through all of our testimonies, which is that God has chosen to work in and through us. Is it that, like, if you were to find a, a phrase for it, is it the testimony of grace after sin? Is that what, it like, like, everybody's got a testimony of grace after their sin? I would just stop at grace. It's testimony the testimony of grace. grace because it's... That's what we're going to title this episode. <laughs> I think, I think grace, grace is only necessary because we've sinned. Yeah. You know, if, if there was no such thing as sin, we wouldn't need God's grace because we'd be walking perfectly right. with him at, at right. all times. And and so that it, it wouldn't be something that we think of as, as grace, a, a super abundant gift given freely without our meriting it. It would right. just be our state of being. Right. And yet he has allowed that sin. And, and by allowing it, we know the grace that he gives us, which is his love. Yeah. You know, and then, it's like we have the better, we have an even better idea, paradoxically, of right. his love because of sin, which is ridiculous. But it also allows us to see things even even more clearly. When we recognize the graces that have been received or the ways that his mercies have been has, have been given to us, we're able to start recognizing the these other things. So I, I'm looking back now at, at 15 years of priesthood with, with a deeper sense of gratitude. Yeah. Which is really powerful. Uh, but looking also at these at these classmates and seeing the good things that they're doing, right? And uh, honestly, I'm just I'm so awed by these men and the work that they're doing for the gospel. 
the way that they're serving, the way that they're taking care of their parish communities, the way that they're uh, helping to form another generation of priests. It's a, it's a really powerful gift. So I think over these years, I've become more who I am. I think you've become more who you are. Hopefully it'll continue. As long as we're staying with the Lord, allowing his grace to work in our lives. Yeah. 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 All right, we got to get you home to Renee. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that one too, yeah. Right. Hey, this is The Tangent. I'm Father Sam Kachuba. I'm Matt Sparazza. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to further support The Tangent, please consider subscribing or following on your preferred platform, following us at the Tangent underscore Catholic on Instagram, or even donating at VeritasCatholic.com. See you next time. God bless.